Hello and welcome back Boneheads, this is Rich and I'm joined once again by Ben. Hey everybody, on today's episode, episode number 12, we're going to be talking about becoming a star player, the Mana Bowl Stunty Cup, and the usual games, hobby, and even more star players. Okay, so over to news. Rich, what have you got for us this week? We have a single Kickstarter this week, um, but it's from a company that I think we've covered before, Vortis Miniatures. Um, they are doing a Lizardman team called the Oixel Crocs Ancestors. I really want to call it Oxel Crocs, but it's YXL, not XLY. <laughs> so it's really it's really messing around with my head a little. Um, but they're doing four levels on their, their pledge itself. You can buy the Sauruses by themselves, so you can get the six Sauruses, Sauri. You can get um, the Crocs and the Skinks by themselves. So one Crocs, nine Skinks. Um, a full team, or they're doing a, um, a retail pledge for five teams. At the moment, you're looking at £60 for a full team, plus postage and packaging in resin. Um, postage and packaging is €12, Euros, so around £20 in English money nowadays, I think. <laughs> it's a really nice looking team, though. Full team is one Croxagore, six Sauruses, Saurus, and nine Skinks. So you get, what's that, 16 players. Uh, for your money. Again, very dynamic. Um, normal sort of uh, quality you tend to get from, from guys nowadays. 3D sculpted by the looks of it, but the painted uh, models that are on display on that particular Kickstarter look really good. Okay, so that is the Oixor Crocs Ancestors by Vortis Miniatures. So they are at £3,900 against a target of 2570 yeah, so they're well surpassed. They've got another just over two weeks to go. Yeah. As per this recording. The skinks, I quite like. They're very acrobatic. Almost chameleon-esque, I found. The Saurus looked good as well. I was a little bit disappointed with the crocs, because it looks like they just created another Saurus and blew him up. Okay, the skinks do look cool. They look quite... They look quite brutal to be skinks, actually. Mm. Saurus are very cool. They've got some dinosaur heads. Yeah, that's what I noticed. You can see a, an anky- ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus. Um, Triceratops, a Velociraptor, and others I couldn't actually identify. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean about the Croxy. He is a massive version of the main ones, but he does yeah. look giant, to be fair. He does look giant. Um, they, as part of their stretch goals, um, they've unlocked a couple of moment, um, at the moment already. One is a token, and oh. one is Helmet Wolf, who's dressed like a dinosaur. That is brilliant. <laughs> so, even the little lizard trophy is brilliant. The, yeah. That Helmet Wolf is brilliant. Um, yeah, so they're doing other star players, and amongst those um, stretch goals, Stunned and Pro Marker, which I was oh, particularly quite happy with. It looked very really useful. Good. Oh, that's brilliant, yeah. Um, and Apothecary, Cheerleaders, a Wizard and a Coach. Um, all of them, if they unlock them, are free with the with the team. So if they end up unlocking them all, you get a, yeah. a real nice bang for your buck. Weeks all Crocs ancestors, they're good. They, they look like Temple Guard yeah. from AOS. What They do have one extra player add-on if you want, which is an alternative Crocs. Which I actually prefer to the one they're putting in with the the team. Okay, let's see if I can find that. For thirteen euros. Uh oh that yeah. I actually I think I'm with you. I think I prefer that one to the other one. I also get a feeling that's meant to be a lizard Morgan Thorg. It's not as good as Morgan Frog that we saw. No, yeah, brilliant what it I still have to buy, but the postage is insane. That's really cool. So prices for these are You're looking at sixty quid for the whole team, plus postage and packaging. Or if you just want um, like a little set for the Saurus, it's £31 plus postage or £39 plus postage for the Crocs and Skinks. Ooh, I see. £80, €80 for the whole team. I mean, that's what we were talking about last time, wasn't it? Yeah. All of these Kickstarters, the price is somewhere between £70 and £80. And if you're up for that amount of money, then it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, no, brilliant. I really like that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's the only one that's out there at the moment. So, other bits um, and releases that are going on is that the White Dwarf that's due to be coming out this week has got a segment on Goblin Tactics. It does. So, if listening to you, me and Ian about Goblins for almost an hour wasn't enough, <laughs> you can go see a Games Workshop agree with us when White Dwarf comes out. Yep. And go through that. So, um, but yeah, it was nice to see that White Dwarf are putting a bit more... Um, a bit more page allocation to Blood Bowl. So yeah. Every couple of months now there's something, isn't there? Which is really good. It is very good. Um, I'd like to see some more special rules in there. They did it with the balls, but unfortunately that makes it quite difficult to find. So we're just putting together the rules back for our next league. And I just had to put pitch rules, ball rules, various locations. <laughs> Everything <laughs> else, like it. this rule, DZ1, this one we're using DZ2, balls and stuff, just wherever you find it. Yeah. Until so, we ban it. <laughs> Until we ban it. And it's Until gone and away. Yeah. Um, sort of bubble news. That's that's all there is out there at the moment. There is a another team that we know of that's coming up in the next sort of month or so. 
So within another episode or two, we know of at least another Kickstarter that's coming through, but it seems to have slowed up a little, unfortunately, uh, for the third-party bits and pieces. However, we have got a third sponsor for the podcast on board since we last made announcements and such, a little company called Hobby Hermit. I initially discovered them based on a, a post they put on the Blood Bowl community where they are doing the scoreboards. So he's doing a 3D printed scoreboard where um, it's like a, almost like an umpire tower from tennis up there, but he's starting to do bleachers and KO boxes and um, weather towers and things like that. Love those. I love those bits that we've seen. Yeah, it, it's brilliant stuff. So if you get a moment, go have a look at their stuff. Go like the page. Go have a chat to the guy. Um, if you've got any ideas, he wants to know as well more than willing to listen to the community and, and grow from there but hopefully we'll um we'll have some real life examples to be able to have a look at and and go through from there and uh hopefully get a few more bits and pieces out of it that we we really want a few more accessories which is cool um we had a couple of shout outs on twitter as well one is just a reminder for the coffee cup which is the 24th and 25th of august in Sutton Benger, it's the 24-hour 11-game shenanigan. Oh, uh, apparently, they're taking payment now. So, if you are around and you've got two days free and you fancy 11 games of Blood Bowl, then go nuts. Yeah. Um, and the other one was the Granite Ball Three, which is in Aberdeen on the 25th and 26th of May. That's a six-game over two days. That's not so bad, though. That's not too That's bad not so at all. Bit um, of a journey, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is for us, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Are we doing one of the competitions this one? We are absolutely doing one of the competitions. So the first competition that we'll talk about is the Wobble Workshop pitch. Yes. So we went to Marnabal, which we were we were going to do an entire segment about because we had another great time. Amazing. And we'll talk through our experiences there and what we loved. But one of it, we went along as a sponsor, we gave away spot prizes, and one of our prizes was a Wobble Workshop pitch, which is made of cast sections of tiles Dungeon tiles at exactly the same scale as Blood Bowl pitches. Built a demo board for it. We said to all the guys going to the Mana Bowl, give us your best fluff or your best design or the most effort, something really special. And we had uh, two really close, very running close. things. So we had one was a Zinch Horrors team yep. from a chap named Rob. Yep. Hi Rob, friend Hello. of the podcast, definitely. He wrote a fantastic one page piece based on the fluff with his Zinch guys, and it was, one, really well written. Wonderfully written. It was really well written. Loved the detail. Loved the work. Yeah, it really was something else. It was it was lovely. I, I, I particularly liked the fluff. <laughs> yeah. I really did. It was, it was really It good. sounded like a good summary to the start of a good book. Yeah, actually. It really was. Yeah, Rob, so if you're listening, recommend a... Uh, <laughs> recommend a... A career in writing. Yeah, definitely. At least some sort of... While that one entry was fantastic, through a very tense discussion process, we decided that the one we're going to go with was um, Joe, who actually I played in the second round of the tournament, and his Snickers-themed squig team. (laughs) The the, the names of the players were the ingredients of a Snickers bar, (laughs) which particularly made me great. The logo was great. The painting was great. Backstory was great. He even had messages on the bottom of his... This, I, I think that might have been the thing that just pepped it, picked it, yeah, that just, it. just tipped it over the edge for me. His beautifully painted, they were both beautifully painted, they both were. beautifully background, both beautifully named, both beautiful teams. Joe went that one step further and put absolutely brilliant little quotes on the underside of the bases. So when you're playing him, you're knocking them over and it's just like, you're Roll cheating, you're rolling one, it's great. Yeah, another was a hamster. And yeah. it, was, it was brilliant, even so, because I didn't play him. But to look over oh, and great. just see it was just, what on earth is, yeah. <laughs> he's written on the no, bottom no, of his page, no, you no, never no, see no. it. But yeah. So that was genuinely the difference between 200% and 201%. Yeah. So Joe, if you're listening, get in contact with us. What we'd like to offer you is either the demo pitch that I brought and showed off at, on the day, or enough tiles to make your own. Yeah. So get in contact, let us know which you prefer, or just, you know, like, hey, show us the pitch again, you know. No worries, get in contact and um, I'll send it out to you. As soon as we can. That's one prize sorted, in, and we have another one. We have. So we did a. a t- to be fair, it was a, a sneaky like and share. Then we were offering a twenty pound four draw voucher. We did the the whole random hat and a hand and a hat. Um, unfortunately, I didn't record it this time. Obviously, it wasn't particularly great last time. Um, but uh, Drew from um, Dorset Way was the was the winner of that. So we'll contact you. We will obviously get that voucher across to you sooner rather than later. But thank you everyone who did like and everyone who did share that on Facebook and on Twitter, including my girlfriend. 
So she did. I did know that. Yeah. Mine has nothing to do with it. I don't have a girlfriend to start again. My wife has nothing to do with the page, unfortunately. No, but that's no. really sweet. She was like, I've liked and shared it just because then if you win, you can buy stuff. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. What? Yeah. I'll tell you what, if she'd won that, I would have made her buy something. Yeah, no, I, that is going to happen at some point. <laughs> that is going to happen at some point. So congratulations, Drew. We'll get in contact with you. We will. Very soon. Absolutely fantastic. And the third competition we'd like to talk about now is our competition for March. So the winner of this competition will get a £25 Versatile Terrain voucher. That's right. So Versatile Terrain are, are one of our, our new sponsors we announced last episode or the episode before. And they do the nameplates on the bases. Which are awesome. Which are awesome. Um, I'm just waiting for him to do a, a pill-shaped one, which he says is coming in a couple of bird skulls. And then I'm ordering. Oh, and he knows awesome. I'm waiting. Yeah. So if you're listening, I'm waiting. That's great for Blood Bowl, great for any kind of skirmish game you're playing, great for Adeptus Titanicus, yeah. which I need to get my stuff together and actually do. It, it's a great bit of extra fluff. Um, you can buy single numbers even. I'm looking to, to put a single number on the back of each of my guys to be able to... Yeah, that's a good idea. ...easy identify. I'm not a big fan yeah. of the, the transfers. However, great as the products are, what is the competition? The competition we would like to put to you, and we'll put it out on Facebook, we'll put it out on Twitter, and we're putting it out here, and it will go live from this weekend when this episode comes out, Yep. is we want you to design a team. Okay? Mm-hmm. It, it has to be a Blood Bowl team. The restrictions are, there are very few restrictions. There are very few restrictions. So, not only can it have be as close to previous teams as they are. You can submit a human team with a slightly different positional. You can submit an entirely new team with different positionals, different whatever, big monsters, absolutely anything. But one of the things we would like to take away from the design restriction that we would normally have is there is no minimum player restriction. Yes. So where normally you're going to have 11 players minimum before you go and do anything else, that which does limit player design, we would like to take that away and replace it with a three-player minimum. Absolutely. Okay, and the competition will be judged by myself and Rich, and it will run until the end of March. Can we do that? Yes, end of March. We'll give it a month. That's fair. We'll run it to the end of March, so we'll give it we'll give it two episodes. But yeah, we'd love to see different teams. We well, we love to see different teams. We've just been to the Marnival, which is all about different teams. We are big up on the Secret League and Fumble, and we just want to see other people's designs. So be creative. Get it out there. And while we said the end of March, what we'll do is we will announce the winner in episode 14. Okay. Which will be good. around like about the end of March. Cool. And yeah, and on the way home from Marnabal, Ben and I, suddenly at about 8 o'clock, <laughs> got like into that. creating teams just on the fly and we spent about an hour, hour and yeah. a half doing it. By um, the way, the best road, the best car game I've ever played. By far. What about this? What about this? Absolutely brilliant. And we thought, what a great idea to get everybody else's input. If the restriction is less of a restriction than normal. Yeah. So you can have a normal team, you can tweak another team, you can create an entirely new team, and you can have players that are so expensive you can only have three of them. Yes. I love this. Three huge guys at the back. Yeah. So or two huge guys and a little one that does all the run around. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got carried away. Yeah. But it was, it, it was amazing to be able to let our creativity just... Go nuts. And we would like you guys to do that as well. Extra points for models, extra points for backstory. Um, just go crazy and enjoy yourself. So um, get your entries into us as soon as you can. But we'll um, we'll follow up on episode 13, talk about it again, and then we'll go through the best entries for episode 14. And one last thing, just one more shout-out. We had a shout-out for Fun Bowl on the 30th of March in Cheltenham. A high-level rule set is 1,300 team value. Teams must include one star player who can be in your 11. In your um, rostered 11, you must have at least one star player. Following that, you can have more star players if you like. Um, oh, that's So you can clever. have additional um, or continue with your, your normal sort of guys anyway. I like the idea of um, being forced to roster a star player. No, no, I love that. And I love the fact that you can have even more star players. And naturally, it's from Alistair, who uh, always gets in contact with some really great is. stuff. Okay, so over to hobby games and buying really rich what have you been doing i've not been doing any buying you've not been doing any buying not doing any buying which is a good thing mm. i'm starting to get to, maybe i'm starting to get to the point where i'm thinking i really should just paint what i've got but i have i finished the forest goblins good and proper yeah i spoke so they look brilliant everyone at the marble loved them yeah it was nice they they yeah they're not great but we'll discuss that later <laughs> um so that was um i've started um, painting my orcs actual orcs actual orcs 
Orcs. Oh, I see. That orc you showed me a minute ago. Yes. Oh, I didn't realise. I assumed... Just an addition. Oh, I didn't know what you were doing. No. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've started painting my orcs. It was nice to do something a little bit different. I know you used to go back to my um, my monsoon, my renegades. I needed a break from goblins and, and little things for a while. See, I think everyone has an orc and a human team just in a box somewhere that they've never painted. I need I need to do the same. I've got the humans almost. I know you're using humans. I know you've got them sorted, but... There's always a spare team kicking about that really isn't finished. Is. Yeah, so that's about it on sort of hobby and um, games-wise. Um, yeah, so I played a couple of games uh, recently. I played uh, a game against Randall um, with um, just uh, just an, uh, an off-the-cuff one. So this wasn't the practice game against the Chaos Dwarfs then? No, that was brutal though. <laughs> I forgot about that one. No, he beat me 4-0. He did beat me 4-0. It was with the Forest Goblins. I thought I'd try him out for the first time. So we've had a couple of chats about this, about whether or not the Stunty League teams can run against normal Blood Bowl teams, and we were both like adamant that they'd be decent. 100%. However, I think Chaos Dwarfs is a pretty unfair match. It is. I, I was feeling a little bit confident because it's my eight-year-old, and he hasn't beaten me yet, and yeah, he's absolutely the wiped the floor Eight-year-old has got six block tackles, <laughs> two bull centaurs, and a minotaur as That's well. That's the one. Yeah, against an entirely strength two team. Yeah. It was it was bad. It was really bad. You can't even use the stabbers because the dwarfs are. You have to roll a ten. Yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. It was completely ineffective. So yeah, I I had that game, which it wasn't really a game. It was a whitewash, um, where Randall beat me. But I played another game. I think we drew Chaos Dwarfs and Humans. Oh, cool! Just a chill out game. And I played two games against Nice Guy Lewis in the last two weeks. Oh, I love Good Guy Lewis. He's great. Yeah. So um, last week was a friendly. And it was my Renegades against his Chaos. Ah. I beat him 3-0. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's very good. His Chaos are mighty. Yeah. Well, I, um, I managed to um, uh, crowd surf one of his beastmen using my Goblin, which was a, a personal achievement of mine. Although um, Lewis did spend the rest of the game trying to kill it, <laughs> <laughs> which was quite enjoyable. Um, and I played him last night with... I chose a Kemri team. Yeah, getting ready for your uh, getting ready for your next team. Getting ready for my um my team at the um the Entoyment uh, League next week, um starting next week. Um and he beat me three 0 <laughs> Absolutely beat me three 0 with his orcs. Um, have you ordered them yet? What the Camrys? Yeah. No, I'm going to proxy them for the while. Oh, okay, cool. I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to I'm going to proxy using ogres and humans. Four ogres will be the um, four team guardians, and then the other positioners can be used by normal humans. Throwers, linemen, and um, throwers, skeletons, and blitzers. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, so quick and easy. So, yeah, some decent games. And obviously the, the Mana Bowl, which we'll go into detail yeah, in a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah. how about you? Um, I managed to paint 95% of my team the night before the tournament again. <laughs> As always. As I said, I wouldn't. I did. Um, actually quite happy with how they came out again got as far as the wash stage and then didn't do any more layering so there's a few unfinished bits but you wouldn't have noticed I put a lot of extra work into the bases so that no one would know (laughs) (laughs) and and I did get quite a lot of nice compliments saying oh I like the bases how do you do the bases and I was like keep focusing on on the bases bases. do not look at the fact I've got like yellow all over the place and it looks (laughs) like the squigs are wearing makeup I painted that frantically. Um, still, yeah, got got to bed about midnight, so it was all right. That's not bad. That's not so bad. Uh, painted an entire Blood Bowl pitch as well. That looks so good. No, I'm really happy with that. I put most of my time into that. Then I was like, yeah, oh, deservedly though. Sugar, I've got to paint the rest of the team now. <laughs> However, the Squig team looked great. I'm so happy with how they came out. It did. Um, and for the first time in a long time, I showed them off at club yesterday. Even though we weren't playing, I was just like, oh, look at how good the models are. <laughs> and the models are great. So I painted up those guys, and I built a load of bits and bobs for Age of Sigma, including trolls, and one of the trolls I've positioned so that I can use him as a Blood Bowl troll. Yeah, sorry I kept them so long. I kept forgetting to bring them back. Oh, that's right, the other box. <laughs> um, I went with both the open arms on one of them. Yep. So he's, he's huge. Really like those models. That's that's really good. That is all of them for Hobby, which is a pitch and an entire team. That's good. I'm happy with that. That's amount. really good for, for a me, couple of weeks' good. work. Yeah. So we're barreling towards our next league, and I've got no idea what team to take. I still haven't finished building my Dark Elves. I've built half the Undead team. I've got my Dwarf team. I've got my Human team, the Orc team. All built. Well, no, half built, naturally. <laughs> of course. And um, I really don't know what to take. So, But we've got a, like a month to do. Yeah, we're all right on that. Which is cool. Games played, uh, apart from the Marnival ones, um, we got a friendly, you and I. We did. Yeah, which was awful. Um, I tweeted it. It was that bad. 
It really didn't go well for you. No. Table to turn four, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, it was not so good. But I learned some lessons, which is nice. I learned nothing, apparently, <laughs> as you will find out soon. Um, and then I played a mega stressful game last night against James's elves, uh, my Skaven. So I was at six wins and no losses. And Ian, who was in the same division as me, was running his Amazons, and he was at five wins one loss, one draw. Mm-hmm. So on points, I, I had just the benefit, but I needed to get that one more win just to make sure that I couldn't be couldn't be beaten. Um, and I played a really tough game against James. The end in the end, the score was four three to me. Yeah, it was an absolute monster of a game, and I saw some die rolls that just statistically blew me away. Yeah, and I said I wouldn't mention it, but I'm going to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I went from one turn where it was a double one into a turn where he made like five I think they were four plus rolls or something like that into a one die block which was naturally a pow straight away it was it was really impressive and then a couple more dodges and I ran the numbers very quickly and it's like there's like a one in 18 one like one in 1.8 million chance of those die rolls happening and I couldn't believe it and I was very stressed and I got a bit salty and I do apologise James (laughs) if you're listening I'm very sorry for being a poor sport but just was just ridiculous <laughs> but then the luck came around again and I managed to pull off the win which was great so into the finals however um, we mentioned Milton's Orcs before and how jolly murdery they are and now I Skaven get to play against him oh they do mm. that means I'm against nice guy Lewis you're against Lewis's lizards <laughs> so you've got the monsoon renegades against Lewis's lizardmen which is going to be tough. That is going to be tough. And you've got my Skaven against Milton's Orcs, which again is going to be tough. So essentially, if I... It all depends how quickly mur- uh, I get murdered by Milton. And it depends if I can get hold of the skinks. Yeah, it is just going to be a race. <sighs> it's going to be, can you kill enough of... <laughs> <laughs> if not, you lose. The gutter runners and the skinks. To win the game, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. However, I'm really happy with the final four. Uh, we've got some great players in our local league. But if you win, I'll be very happy. If I win, I'd be even happier. <laughs> uh, if Lewis wins, I w- I would love Lewis to win. He got to the final last time, he did. and it was so close. Um, and then if Milton wins, I'd be oh, what a Cinderella story. underdog story that is. So it? Milton's managed to squeak in with one win. Yeah, and it's a great team, and he's had a lot of unlock. He should be up there with four or five wins, to be honest yeah. with you, because of the way the divisions fell and the choices for playoffs. So you've got two teams into the playoffs. You've chosen to go forward with no, I've only got one. Oh, you got one. That's Lewis, Lewis got two teams into the playoffs, so he made a choice, which meant Milton is the second team in that division goes through because he's the lowest seed. I'm playing him, so it could be that Milton now goes all the way. And only wins three games this entire season, but two of them being in the playoffs, which <laughs> I think insane, is a great story. So I'm really happy with that. And then buying, yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually trying my very best to focus on painting and gluing together what I've got at the moment. Yeah. Um, Easier said than done, though, isn't it? Oh, massively so. <laughs> massively so. I've got all the bits for the Ethereal team just sitting on my shelf <sighs> as well. So it's, it's really, really, really tempting. Right, let's go on to our first topic. So the first topic we're going to talk about today is the Marnival Stunty Cup 2 Revenge of the Squig. Yes. Which was very aptly named, as we'll get to in, <laughs> in a second. So this is the second one we've been to. We went to the first one. It was really great. This one was structured very similarly, if not yeah, the same. Yeah, I think it was exactly the same. So the crux of it is it was a three-game tournament, and it was using the Stunty League handbook from Fumble. The most recent one. <laughs> the most recent one. So this was, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a tricky one. So the idea being is there's a load of stunty league teams made up just of like stunty players with special positionals. They're different than the core team. So there's another, I don't know, 20 teams or whatever and a bunch of mm. new star players. And it was, you know, gives you a lot of great creativity within the teams as well as the core three stunty. Yes. Which was really, really cool. Like Rich said, there are, there are two versions the most easy one to find on Google is the version 1.0.1, which has slightly different values and skills to uh, the version 1.1. Yes. So I ended up sending off my... So we played our practice game. Mm-hmm. Then I sent off my list to him, and he was like, oh, dude, you're not paying enough your squigs. And I was like looking at the PDF, and I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> um, it turns out, actually, there were 75 more, which I think helped me in the end. Yeah. 
so it was great yeah you know, it was a great day great rules kit the location i'm going to mention again we always mention this oh, but it's brilliant geek retreat in birmingham it's two and a half hours away for us and it was worth it they bring you tea they bring you great food the location is very easy to get to it's only two guys Two brilliant guys. So how do they do it? I don't know. This is what gets me. Anthem's to be so excited about everything. And it's made, just awesome. Yeah, and we made mention of, of, of another game when we were there, and his eyes lit up. Yeah. And he, and he gave us a summary in about five minutes of this oh, game. But awesome. I went away going, now I really need to play this. Yeah. Whereas before, it was like, you know what, it might be cool. But seriously, kudos to those two. It's, no, it's fantastic. Brilliantly run establishment. So, one of the greatest things about the whole day, straight off the bat, is last time we went, there was eight people, including us. Yes. This time, there was... 15? 14. 14 plus Sean. Plus Sean. And he didn't actually have to play this time because he was forced to last time. Exactly. I think it was more that he was forced not to play this time because he had a couple of dropouts. Yeah. But so pleased for it to go for eight people last time to, I think he ended up having 18 signed up, something like that. That's brilliant. And he had a few people drop out. So that's awesome. So almost doubled in size. Yeah. That was even including a couple of guys who I don't think were here. At least, um, at least... One of the guys, lads, who was there last time wasn't there this no, time. No, he wasn't there. Yeah. No, I think there were, I think you're right, two or three of them that yeah. were there last time weren't there this time. It was really good. Uh, it was around, It was um, just normal Swiss format, three games each. Absolutely brilliant. Very well run. It was a small affair. It felt a lot more social than the first time as well. Absolutely. We were there and we were just having a chat to, to I think, everybody. Everybody. And it, it was small enough where you could actually do that. And we, because of that, our first round started almost an hour late. Yeah. And I think that is just because everyone was getting there and everyone was just so excited to be there. Mm. Like, hey, what do you play? Where are you from? What do you got there? And what's your build? And it was just a really great social for the first start, which was awesome. Yeah, it was. And then um, it was nice to see our models being given away as spot prizes. Yes, as well. that was good. Bow and yeah. Pods. Yeah. So they went out to um, spot prizes. Um, we discussed with Sean and got a um, the first person to um, seriously injure a star player or a big guy yeah. if the team didn't have a star player. Yeah. Um, and we also gave one away to the best painted. Yeah, and it, yeah, absolutely great day. So the teams we took, Rich, what did you take? I took my forest goblins, which I lovingly crafted. I lovingly painted. Beautifully painted and a really won, well put together team. I won my opening game against you. Yes. I thought oh, it was going to be great. was brutal and I, a chomper and stomper were amazing. They were brilliant. They really were brilliant. And yeah, I, I went in with my head held high and, and certain expectations. But I did take the Forest Goblin. So I took um, 12 players including chomper and stomper. So all four of the stickers. So the guys with the stab ability. Yeah. Um, two spider riders. Two of the, the shaman. With kick and kickoff return, and um, three normal forest goblins. And we're going to talk about the star players that we both took in the star player segment at the end of the show yeah. today, because I think it's appropriate. Yes, it definitely is. I went with a squig team. So we went last time, and I got absolutely destroyed by a squig team. And I went away thinking, that is just rubbish. Like, that is just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. But then I looked at the rules and realised that this guy had just been super lucky. Then I built a team. Then I played a game against you and I realised that that chap last time I played him had been insanely lucky. <laughs> because by the end of turn one, I had eaten three goblins. You had. Then you took out some more goblins and I think I had like two herders on the pitch at the start of my second turn. Yeah. Which meant that all of my squigs couldn't eat people. And the cool thing about the squig team is that the squigs, although they're strength four, they've got claw, they've got mighty blow, leap, very long legs. like They're just awesome. They've got blood, lust and really stupid. Yeah. So they eat, they're going to eat you guys, and they need to be close to the guys to actually do anything. So if you leave a squig on his own, don't try and do anything with him because no, you've got no, no chance. Um, and then of course you roll the the dreaded double one where <laughs> the squig decides he's hungry, forgets where he is, and then just runs off into the crowd. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. <clears throat> Watch him go. Yeah. So when we played our practice game, I realised that my squigs were super hungry and I did not have enough goblins. Mm-hmm. By that time, I'd already sent my roster off. Now, Sean popped back saying, you know, this roster's illegal. Nice try. I didn't realise. You know? <laughs> I genuinely didn't realise. Um, and then, because the squigs were actually 5k more expensive than I thought, I couldn't afford all of them. So I ended up replacing a squig and ended up getting an extra two goblins, essentially, out of it. Which massively helped me during the day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Who was your first game against? My first game was against Pug. 100 Feet Heroes. Now, he's fairly well-known in the community, particularly for his flings. I love this guy. He was great. He was amazing. He was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. Every time I got one of my guys sent off through fouling, he blew an imaginary whistle. 
Oh, that's amazing. It uh, made me so happy. Um, but really nice guy to play against. Really good opponent. And um, played with flings. Um, but he knew exactly what he was doing with him. Um, really, I think um, they were saying, that the, uh, Sean was saying at the beginning that he recently won the um, the Stunty League trophy for like, the yeah, Midlands area. Yeah, I, so, I saw that. Um, yeah, really good. Um, I, got, I lost that 2-1 in the end. Um, but it was quite a tight game. Tight, quite a tight game. And I was quite proud of myself against someone who's who's well versed um with with stunties. There was a amazing battle between one of my stickers and his treeman. <laughs> and it just went on for about six turns. So the stickers have got the stab ability. Stickers with the stab ability and he kept sticking him doing nothing. Yeah. He got a ten at one point, he, he rolled a ten. Yeah. I got oh so close. But for for love nor money Poor old Pug couldn't knock this guy down. <laughs> so he would literally just be pushing him everywhere and he'd just get back up and try and stab him again. Honestly, and Dodge is great. Dodge is fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, it, it was really good. It was a, a, a well-mannered, well-natured game and yeah, much appreciated. Really did enjoy it. Uh, cool. My first game was against Strigoi Vampires, yeah. uh, which is actually a team, the team I played against last year because Sean was piloting them. Although this was a slightly different build and I played against a really lovely, lovely guy called... Brad. Brad. Really nice guy. Yeah, nice to see. Rich has got the results up. Um, surprised they're on his phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I use pen and paper, people. Pen and paper. Um, and it was a really interesting game. Um, where I'd played them before, I kind of knew how to take them out. Like I, I realised that him playing this is one bloodlust team against another bloodlust team. So I, where I could, focused on taking out his wee men. So that when they got hungry, they just couldn't do anything about it. I got very lucky with my bloodlust rolls. He got quite unlucky with his. And also, during the first turn, his strength five vampire blocked one of my squigs on, uh, and just went. They both went down, and they both went out because they both had mighty low, <laughs> or something like that, uh, or claw or something. And they both they both went out, and his massive vampire just did not come back for the entire game. No. It was knocked out, and he just didn't come back, which was huge for me because it meant I could actually use all my strength and, and grind it out. And I can't remember what the result of that one. I think it was 2-0 in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 1-0 or 2-0. And it was a, a really, really good game. The highlight for me was um, was, was Brad winning the spot prize at turn 16 with a gang foul on a star player. And it was just <laughs> awesome to see him gang foul my guy off to get our miniature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was good. It was good fun. I did help him with it. He was like, you don't want to move your star player. And I was like, well, I don't really because I'm over here. Yeah. I'm trying to get the second touchdown. He was like, good. <laughs> just his entire guy around. He's like, right, I've got plus 17 to this fan. And um, yeah, Lorbass died. Oh. <clears throat> Lorbass died hard and that was, you know, brilliant. Um, it was a really, really good, really good first round and I was like, hey, I won. And not having the full lineup of squigs really paid off there because I had one less person getting hungry and two more buffers if I did, yeah. which was beneficial for me. Bit of insurance makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. So I went into the second round thinking, oh, cool, I've won a game the rest of the day as a bonus. You've gone into the first, second round thinking that was a good game. I've got half a chance. Yeah. Who did you get second? I got Rob second with halflings again. Was, this, was his team um, straight halflings as well? Straight halflings as well. Yeah. And um, and and he beat me resoundingly. Oh. It was either three or four nil in the end. This was the pitch clear. This, yeah, he, he, I forgot, he tabled me at turn 14. Yeah, we were sat next door, and um, bless him, he was so excited. And he he was, really was. And he was, and he was talking about it quite a lot, but it was it was done in a very gentlemanly and a very innocent way. It, there was no gloating. He no. was just like, oh my God, I've pitch, I've pitch cleared. I've never done this. Guys, I've pitch cleared. <laughs> I've pitch cleared, so I assume he's he's not renowned for doing that or something. No, but, but um, yeah, it just... It, that must have felt good. No. no, 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 we didn't. Um, come up and for what I did to you on Monday. Yeah. Um, How did the team do? Awful. Really? Everything was ones and skulls, it, as it always is in Birmingham. <laughs> yes, as it yeah. always is in Birmingham. You have Birmingham bad luck. I do have Birmingham bad luck. Um, there was a couple of um, uh, of brighter moments, but generally I couldn't do anything. Really couldn't do anything, and was just a lamb to the slaughter. Everything he did was a was a pout and, and a break of the armour. Mine was a was a skull or a push, and just <laughs> I couldn't get anywhere, unfortunately. Um, but again, really nice coach, really good guy to play against. It looked like, even though you were getting obliterated, it looked like a pretty decent game. And the only bit I saw, other than the pitch clear, was your chomper and stomper, your massive ball and chain just flying around all of his guys. Oh, he just danced, weaving in and out. 
that just I couldn't believe it. He's looking at two, and then he go for the one spot. It was a yeah. vacant. He come back and he's got two. And he yeah. goes back to that one spot that's vacant. Yeah, he's he's just, like, come uh, on, hit one of them. Yeah, which I was quite. Um, Pleased to see after how incredibly <laughs> effective he was against me in our practice game. He is an all or nothing. Um, I'm glad I took him. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, the moment looks great as well. He does look good. Yeah. But it, again, he was unfortunately he was just he wasn't in it for the day. He wasn't interested. How's about you? Who's your number two? So my second game was against Joe, and Joe is our competition winner um, with the Snickers Squig team. Yes, absolutely brilliant. And it was so cool because he was the first guy I bumped into when we got there in the day and um, he was like, oh, I'm playing squigs. I was like, I'm playing squigs. And we talked tactics, we talked build. He went for the straight two hoppers, four squigs, and he took Gark the Tamer, which was uh, 100k for a goblin with pro, wrestle, and leader. Because oh, I very nearly put him in my list because I was like, that's a, Extra re-roll. It's a re-roll and a goblin with wrestle. I was like, this is a great idea. I didn't in the end. I took Lorbass. Yeah, he went with Gark and four squigs. What that meant was he had less people to eat. Mm-hmm. So as the war of attrition went between our teams, I had one less squig and I had one more person that the squigs could eat, which meant my guys tended to be a little more consistent. He had some bad luck, I had some good luck. It was a really great game in the end. I can't remember whether it was 2-1 or 1-0 or something. It was it was a really well-fought game. And it was just a load of fun. Like, squig on squig was just carnage. Um, <laughs> and the most exciting thing was he brought the squig dice with him as well. They were something To weird, go with they? his team, and they do genuinely go everywhere. Yeah. It was very, very... He pulled out all the stops on his squigs. They were wonderfully painted. He had the little messages on the bases when you got knocked over. It, quotes it was from fun, things. It? Awesome. It was a really great game. But again, I got lucky with my bloodlusts and just took out as many goblins as I could. Because I knew that that was from our play game on on our practice game that yeah. Monday or whatever. It was um, like the biggest weakness was you lose your guys. Squigs have got no hands, let alone the fact you can't move them. Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> they can't they, pick the ball. They up. literally cannot do anything. So yeah, it was a really really good game. I ended up winning my second one, and I was like, this is this is great. And I wouldn't have cared on that squig versus squig game who won. And it was you know it's just who rolled the most ones, and you got a lot of chances to roll on so squigs. You do a lot of chances. <laughs> A lot of chances. And then we went into the final round. So who did you have in the final round? I played Harry with his squig team. So Harry was the chap I played last time and yes. got absolutely demolished by. And I remembered him and his squig team was beautifully painted. Yes. Um, he did a base this year yeah, as well. The base was Looked really, really cool too. Toadstool um, uh, re-roll markers as yeah, well. Just yeah. He took five re-rolls. I'm not surprised. I took four. Yep. I took four. Did he go for the? Did he go two hoppers, four squigs as well? Yeah, he did. Did he roll a star? He... I don't remember one. Mm, so I don't think he did. Because he ran Lorbass against me last time. Uh, and that's what stuck in my head as being, oh, this guy was really useful because we were playing Stunty. And yeah, it, this guy got some skills. And he played really well. And I remember him from last time because he played... His first game was the same as the final game last year. Yes. And it looked so tense. Yeah. Same teams, I think, as the last year. It was year exactly the same well. teams. Yeah. It was that. Uh, yeah, it was against Mike, wasn't it? Yeah. But how did your game go? Almost well. Almost well. He scored a touchdown on turn 16. Oh, you're kidding. Nope. Turn 16. And it, it was such a hard-fought game. And it was just back and forth. His luck was as bad as mine. <laughs> which, to be fair, was really nice to see. Yeah. It was really nice to see. Um, But he managed to take out a couple more players than I was able to. And it just, yeah, I couldn't stop him. I did everything I could, but I just couldn't stop him. How did the team perform? Better. I managed to hypnotise a bit more. Oh, that's good. So hypno worked a bit. The stickers took their toll on the forest goblins. Um, sorry, on the goblins. Yeah. So they actually did some bits and pieces. Spider riders weren't as effective as I wanted them to be. No, you see, I'm Although dead. in the first game, the shadowing and tentacles worked quite well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so Pug had a bit of a, an issue trying to get away. Uh, but in general, I, uh, there's there's a better build for them. I just need to work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them. I do like them. I think it's they're a completely great different. team. It's completely, it's, yeah, it's completely fun. And you know what? I love the stabbers. And 
it, I think it's always going to be quite a tough matchup against the Squig Herder team because the Squig Herder team has legit goblins yeah. with armor seven, which in Stunty World they are like dwarfs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great playing all these Stunty teams, and they're like, "Hey, rolling a seven, I'm like, woo, break your armor." I was like, "I'm awfully sorry, but I'm <laughs> awfully sorry, I'm awfully sorry, but I'm seven. Um, and then when I rolling sevens, they're 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 awfully sorry because they're armor six, which was yeah. wonderful. So actually, it was like, oh, I've got hench goblins, which which yeah, hench goblins. So he won. He won one nil. Um, in total, I did get a certificate. You did get a certificate. It was for coming bottom. Absolutely bottom. Um, because I got one point. One and that was point. because I managed to get one touchdown. And I caused no casualties. When uh, when, in, when Sean did the prizes at the end, he wasn't sure if he'd written your score down wrong. Right. Because <laughs> he, he was like, one, oh no, you might, no, that, that might not be right. You I had to confirm. One. No, I had to confirm I only got one point. Yeah, you got one point. It was, it was a very bad day for me. But... It sounds it closer than the score would represent. Yeah, it was just a, it was a couple of dice rolls. If you'd got a draw in that last game, you would have you would have been up there with something like two points. I, I, I think I might have done. It was it just it wasn't good. It wasn't, but I, uh, yeah, I had a, a whale of a time. But yeah, so who was your game three? I got to play pug with the oh, you with did, the you? and it was a great game. It was really good. Um, I got quite lucky in the first round. Um, his treemen were appalling. Oh, really? Absolutely appalling. This one guy just, I, I think I knocked him down, and he just would not get up again. So, like, for the first half, he was just not going anywhere. And I managed to flank with, uh, with the um, with the squig hoppers and all of the goblins, and managed to cause a defensive touchdown. And then I received the ball, and then, um, all in all, I ended up driving down the pitch and just lost it to some absolutely brilliant dodge rolls. Uh, he got in there, stole the ball, and tied it at one and one. That's good, though. That uh, is good. Yeah, it was really, really good game. Halflings are great to play against. They're a real challenge. Um, and he was a wonderful opponent. And He's great, isn't he? He did a little bit. He showed me some sculpting he'd done. He'd sculpted this tree man for his own team, and it looked brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so I really hope he casts those, because I'll, I'll pick up a couple, because they looked amazing. Great team to play against. Generic halflings. He had the... Strength for Star Player and Puggy making breath. Dad, Willow Rose Bark. That's it, Willow Rose Bark, who was tough and really, really good in the stunty format. Yeah. Strength four is a big guy with no nega traits. Yes. Which is which is huge when you're playing with a basic guy of strength two, two yeah. armor six. Like uh, really, really good. The squigs did pretty well. By that point, I'd learned that actually sometimes it's best just to leave a squig in the place where he's just a strength four roadblock. Yep. And let the rest of the goblins do do the do the work and ended up yeah with a with a with a really really hard fought draw, which ended up landing me in second place for the entire day. You did you came second? You, which you was, brought some some pride and some yeah, which was really really cool. The winner was the same winner as last year. Yeah, it was Mike with his um skink team. Um, yeah. It's good. Well, in a way as well. <laughs> yeah, so that's two years. That's two champ, two cups in a row. He's won with that team. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't even close. Um, no, no one was. It was just yeah. He was he was a runaway winner. Well deserved. Scored eight touchdowns, only letting one. Nine casualties scored. Yeah. Only letting three. It just yeah, absolutely fantastic. Really. Um. Really nice chap. Really too. nice chap. It's just an absolutely brilliant day. Everybody there was great. Everyone had put in a lot of effort for their teams and were just just there to play a different version of Blood Bowl. And that's what we had from everybody. And that's, that's what, what everybody we love. And we even had a couple of like pretty hardcore tournament guys there. One yeah. guy was like, oh yeah, go play these tournaments. It's just nice to come and play something where everyone isn't playing like the same five top builds. And I'm like, dude, this is our podcast. Like, <laughs> this is where we live. Come see us. Come yeah. find us. Um, which was which was brilliant and. I'm just going to say I absolutely loved the day. The journey was as long as I want to do. The games were as long as I want them to be. We got home in reasonable time. Yeah, we were home by, what, half nine, weren't we? Yeah. And, the, like and it was a doddle day around back. It was a complete doddle. Best journey I think we've done on those roads. The journey was so boring because there was no rain, there was no traffic. Yeah, the parking was absolutely nothing. brilliant. We could yeah. actually get into the place this time, which was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because last time we couldn't actually get back into the parking lot, so we had to go in the entrance. But you know, it, was a it now works. Thing. Yeah, it does, which is exciting. The venue was brilliant. The players were absolutely top. They were every one of those guys. I would play a game of blood ball with any time. And a special mention has to go out to Simon, who we played at Birmingham. 
Um, he was the guy who had the Chaos team, I think, that killed both of us. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah. kill both and, of us. And his first tournament. His first ever tournament, um, yeah. And, yeah, he came along and he was like, oh, I came along because you guys were talking about it last Which time. Which was great. Which was awesome. So, Simon, I hope you had a really great time. I know you won a prize. I know it was yeah. not what you wanted it to be. <laughs> uh, but at least you you know, at least you got a certificate. That's you enriched with really, well, hard, hard-earned Certificates. It was. It yeah. was. And I'm sorry, Rob, for taking bottom place. I know you um, you, you made comments <laughs> about it, but, but I had to play really badly to get that. So we had <laughs> we had 15 guys all loving playing a different version of Blood Bowl. We had Simon come along yep. to his second tournament. Joe was there at his first tournament. Very first, yeah. And it's just a great event. So, Sean, if you run another one, we would love to support as much as we can. And anybody out there listening, it's really worth the travel because it is a very chilled way to play a different game of Blood Bowl. It really is. It wasn't an effort. You don't go away feeling knackered. You go away just feeling happy, having a laugh and a joke and remembering what happened in the day. And it was just the atmosphere everywhere. There was no tension. Oh, no, no, first game was a bit tense between, um, oh, there's between always, Mike and Harry. There's always tension. But it was just everybody was having a laugh and a joke about what had gone wrong and this has happened. It was just the, the, the social aspect and the camaraderie was just awesome. So I can't recommend it enough. No. So the second topic we're going to talk about today is becoming a star player. So having normal players becoming a star player, which all came about because Rich was spitballing during our last episode and got excited and <laughs> we realised it was going to be such a great topic to talk about. So Rich, give us the lowdown. My thought is star players come in, in different forms. You get some which are cheaper, obviously some which are more expensive. So they must decide at a certain point that they're going to be a star player. You read some of their fluff and... And some of them bounce from team to team because they don't know what they're going to do. So they then become a star player. Others are like, you know what, I want more money. Others want more fame or whatever. And there's, there's always a reason why they've done it. But there's nothing in the rules which actually says, this is how you turn your player into a star player if the time ever comes. So my initial thought was literally, you get a player to level 7 and he can't actually accrue any more SVP. So you can get it, but it doesn't actually get him anywhere. Why can't he become a star player, or they, or it, or she, depending on whom it is, become a star player? Um, and how would you go about it? My thought is literally, once you finish the end of the season, that player becomes a star player, and you do something with them to make them their in a star player, which I hadn't actually thought through. But I took it to the community. I went on a, on a Facebook page and kind of said, do you guys do this, and how do you do it? Yeah, what was the, uh, what was the outcome? Varied. Which was great. Um, some of them were, were simple. Um, in a case of if you wanted them to be a star player, they left your team, add 30 or 50k and made them a loner and there's your star player. Away. Uh, one of them was anyone 51 SPP plus that dies in a game can make a miraculous, miraculous recovery and returns a star player next season, which I particularly liked. Oh, that is a cool idea, actually. So level four and above, yeah. if they die, they disappear, but they're almost kept in reserve and in the following season all of a sudden Jeff Longarm III is a star player because someone saved his life and they're available for your league yes which I think is brilliant others are, are similar to what I said when a player hits that 176 cap you finish that season they become a star player and keep all of the skills and upgrades that they've earned they don't put any additional value on them um, and all niggling injuries and, well, and all injuries and negative stats will be removed so they become a Standard player again, but it doesn't sound like they get loan or anything like that. With all the skills, that's all the skills. That's quite strong. Which is yeah, which I think maybe a little bit too much. Another version was that once a player has become an emerging star, so level four or higher, again we're talking about fifty-one points bracket. Yeah, the player's team has the option of retiring that player to immediately gain back half of the player's gold value, rounding Uh, up to the nearest ten. So that's not really uh, retiring. That's kind of selling into free agency. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It really is like that. Um. That way, from there on in, there are two different ways of creating the star player from there. The first is simply to add 30k to him, give him loner, and then make him available to everybody, which again is, yeah. is a standard sort of format. The other one, the option that they do is that the the coach of that player speaks to the commissioner, right, and basically says to them, "This is their fluff. I think that they should also have actually one less strength, but two extra armor and dirty player." And things like that. So you start moulding them into an actual star player, as GW would do it, I suppose, as yeah. GWs would do it. The between the two of them, they'll then decide what is acceptable, what quirky attributes fit 
the fluff that's been created. Yeah. And then you make that star player from there. And I like that idea as well. Where you can kind of go, you know what, he's going to be a star player. However, he's been playing for four seasons. He's not going to be as fast. He's an older guy. He's taken the knocks. He's now going to have movement five instead of movement six. So actually, he'd be great if he lost a movement but got even stronger. Something now you've like got that. the strength five guy with leap and he's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Or it could be similar. Like he, he, he can see something coming from afar. He can read the game better. Yeah. So you can give him agility. Or automatically, you know what? He's a guy that everybody respects. This guy now gets leader. And and you get to, to mould him based on what you want the fluff to be. Yeah. Um, and it was really quite interesting to see what other people did and how they went about it because I think it's something that's missing from the game. I know we've spoken about it a couple of times, but the yeah. hero league that me and Randall do yeah. was was literally just a case of create your own star player. Well, that was the idea of it, wasn't it? Was yeah. actually let's create a story. And we spoke about this before with building a franchise and, yeah. and building the story. And then just the other episode when we we're talking about um, building a legacy, you know, with the star player and that kind of thing. It's just it's 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 something that is sort of missing from it. It is. And there's, I think there's it's quite easily resolved. Yeah. However, I think the reason they probably haven't done it is because there is different ways of doing it. And a game balance issue. So if your guy, you know, you manage to get your, your guy to level 7 and he just up and leaves, you've put so much work, especially on tabletop, mm. to get them to that point. For them to up and leave is a real difficult one. So I think all the ones you've read through, my favourite is the one where they come back from the dead. I like that. So, while fair enough, they make a miraculous recovery, because um, they didn't actually die, they were just a career-ending injury. Yeah. But they got better. Then they got a super apothecary they came along well, and fixed them. It's, it's, it's the Warhammer world, you know. Or an eagle came along. Yeah, Chaos Sorcerer. Yes. Healed him, you know. And he comes back to the game. I think that's just awesome. So, you know, you've got that aspect. But I know we were talking the other day about some of the ideas that, that have been bandied about is literally dead players becoming star players as well so they come back and I know one of the other podcasts runs a tournament where they've got some old players and like some old stars who have aged Mm -hmm. and they've got negatrates and I think a couple of them are dead so they come back and they've got regen and minus one eight edge but they're still the same player yeah so in our league we had a dwarf runner who got himself to level uh, got himself to edge four and then took leap and then immediately died afterwards (laughs) It would have been great to see him come back at the end of the season as a returning player yeah. or literally as an undead player. Yeah. Uh, would just that, that kind of story would be amazing because actually we identified that guy as a as a as a character in our league. And that's it. They they stopped becoming your oh this is a dwarf runner. And they all of a sudden being this is now pieces. Yes. And they become they become something more when they get to that point. And I'm feeling the same about my Minotaur. Mm, absolutely when he dies I want him to come back yeah and it's like I can name you all of my guys because it's just the the type of geek I am however he's got a special place in that team him and the goblin the goblin's amazing the goblin's awesome Um, but it's just you do get that extra buy-in which I think particularly in a league setting with friends yeah is something that can be so easily implemented and just brings that extra facet facet? yeah yeah facet to the game yeah and and you're not looking at it and kind of going, oh, okay, well, I can get Count Lisa von Drakenborg, or I can get Ludgrip, which I'll never choose over anybody else. <laughs> it would always be Ludgrip. But you can then go, ah, and there's George Esquire the Third. I remember him. He, he died last season, but he's actually quite good. Which is, which is really cool. Which is what you want. <clears throat> so, from a nuts and bolts point of view, having a dead player become a star player, I think is probably the fairest way to do it. Yes, I agree, because then you're not messing around too much with it. Cool. The other idea that I had, or just thought, really, is when you do the redrafts, there are people you get rid of. Yep. Usually you try and keep the guy with the highest TV, but that's not obviously going to be possible because they, they are your star player of that team. However, if you do have the higher ones that then do get cut, we can then look at it and kind of go, what about he could be a star player? He's over level four. He could easily be a star player, add 20-30k to him and, and, and Bob's your uncle. So this is what I was coming to, is you've got the the freebies who die. Mm-hmm. They're gone from your team and there's nothing you can do about it. They make great character for star players. But if you've got someone who's good and during a draft or just because they're, you know, they're too expensive or they're too injured or something, you could talk about bringing a rule in, which is one of the things I've, I've posted as sort of what I'd like to sit in, in, in our league as we go forward, it's selling a player to the league. 
you know, so there are times where a guy is injured or you've just got too much value or you just need the cash and you could sell. So one of the things you recommended or one of the that the listeners had recommended was you can cash a player in for half its team value. Yeah. They now become a free agent available to the whole league. It's not a lot of work from yeah. a commissioner point of view. If you use him as a general star player, the most work is around determining which teams can pick him. Um, yes. But that you know that can be set up by the commissioner or you know whatever based on who this character is or yeah. literally just on yeah, their alignment. Back to the fluff, yeah, um, and there's a lot of cool ways to get them in there. And I think genuinely any player after his first or second skill up, he's eligible because some of the best star players are the cheapest. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, I've got an Urgle team who played a total of six games <laughs> in two it? seasons. Yeah, between the two, I played three games a season with them. But my beast of Nurgle was strength six. Now, he could, after another skill up, <laughs> be an awesome little star player. Especially because he already comes with tentacles. Exactly. That's that's a that's yeah. a perfect little roadblock against a a dodging team, against your scavens, against your elves. So we've done all the ideas. We've done the nuts and bolts of how it can happen without having it massively affect your league. There is one other way that I was thinking that kind of links into one of the other episodes we were talking about which was about that building a legacy about having the story elements um, in Blood Bowl and one of them could literally be you know what this guy has decided he wants to be a star player he wants to buy his way out of the team Mm -hmm. Um, he is now available for your league as a free agent but you get his team value back or something like that because actually like you said bringing the the, the story element in it is you come across a wandering agent and the agent looks through your team and two random players, they, they you know, you roll a dice and if it's under their level, they decide they want to be a star player and this guy try, offers to buy them from you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is massively story and would be rubbish if, you know, if you're like, oh, and now my gutter runner wants to be a star. Yeah. Because it's also rubbish in the redrafting rules where you have to roll to determine if your guy wants, wants to, to retire. retire. Yeah. And that is just an arbitrary roll, and then they cost 60k more or whatever. Yeah. Um, so from that point of view, it's it's not so great. But it's not dissimilar to real life. You look at the, the Cristiano Ronaldo's of the, the footballing world, or you look at uh, the, the Le'Veon Bell's in American football. Yeah. People want more, and you look elsewhere, and you think that they're, they're playing for the badge, and they're not. They're playing for themselves. And it wouldn't be any different in a, in a fantasy setting. So the... Although it wouldn't necessarily be what you wanted, it's probably more accurate to how it would be no, no, in, in a real absolutely. life setting. Absolutely. It's just the arbitrary die roll of it. It is. Which is why I absolutely love the selling into free agency like or that. coming back from the dead. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's something we could get agreed into our league, but it would be something I would be really, really happy to do because I'd love to keep a list of free agents and star players that we've achieved. Um even if it's just for, you know, like the end of season. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody think... remembers the Leaping Dwarf that died. They do. They really do. I think we should bring him back. We'll do it. He comes out of retirement. But all he's going to do is just make the wars even better. He is, which is upsetting. <laughs> but he'll be available for everybody. So yeah. you pick him to use against the dwarfs. Which would be very, very, very cool. It would be amazing. <laughs> so those are our thoughts on building a star player. Um, and now on to more star players. So the two star players we're going to talk about today are the ones we took uh, to the Mana Bowl, Stunty Carper 2. So Rich took Chomper and Stomper, and I took Lorvas. So Lorvas is slightly less interesting, so we'll start with him. <laughs> so the backstory to Lorvas is that he was a small, shunned Dark Elf. So he's Stunty and he has Edge 3, but he is a Dark Elf. So when I took him on my team, I actually bought one of the old 2nd edition Dark Elf models, because compared to the new models, they're tiny. And they fit in quite nicely. It looked great. Yeah. It it, did look really good. It fit in perfectly. So Lorbas is 125k. So that's the first jarring thing about the stunty. um, Stunty is the stuff that's 5k. And it works out really well, actually. Mm. So he is 125. He's move 6, edge 3, strength 3, which is huge Mm. in stunty. So strength 3 and armor 8. He's got loner, diving tackle, kick, stand firm, stunty, and thick skull. 
So this guy is strength 3, armour 8, and has thick skull in a stunty league. That's good. Which essentially makes him strength 4, armour 9 with thick yeah. skull. If you're putting things into comparison, this guy is a big guy with no downside. Um, yeah. For 125. But the main reason I took him, other than the fact that he was a cool strength 3 guy I could have at the back as a safety, is kick. I know diving tackle is really useful, and stand firm is quite useful too, but kick I thought would be massive for me. Yeah. Um, and it came in handy every single game. That's good. I didn't, I, I'm, I'm quite reckless because I play with my Skaven, so I always go for the, the short kicks. I always go for the onside kick. I shouldn't because it never works out. <laughs> but. They deploy with the you know the receivers at the back, ready to catch it. I drop it close to the front line. The guys on the front line can't get away from the tackle zones. I eat them, go get the ball. Makes that sense. was the plan anyway, especially as the squick hoppers have leap. Yep. The plan was leap over the line, get the ball. Yep. Um, didn't really work out that way, but it was a great idea. But yeah, it would work once at some point, well, and you'll keep trying it. That was the plan. It didn't in the end, and all that really happened is because of our spot prizes, he ended up just getting absolutely shanked every game. <laughs> um, and, you know, in the first game where with Brad, I was, I was pleased to see it happen, but actually, for 125k of an 1100 team, he made a brilliant target, yeah. which meant that my goblins, who were the core of the team, could still go around and do stuff. Absolutely. So, I was pleased with him. So, Chomper and Stomper. Yes. So, movement four. Strength seven, agility one, armor nine. So the idea of these is it's two. It's, they're they're small mangler squigs, which are two squigs tied together with a chain. Yes. And ushered into battle. That's basically yeah, just pointed in the right direction. They they work as a ball and chain, um, with claws and mighty blow. So you've got a movement for ball and chain. Yep. Which in itself is brilliant. Yep. So fez glitch, um, in the CRP is move four. Yep. Move four is brilliant. Mighty blow is. Even better. Yeah, really handy. Ball and chain. Move four, mighty blow. Huge. Claws in a normal league be amazing. Would be fantastic. In Stunty Land, it so didn't much. really affect very much. No, it would have been handy against the bigger ones. It if you could hit should them. have done magic against the halfling teams. Yeah, it really should have done. And um, it, it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. But what I love about it is it's a ball and chain that's not a secret weapon. That was huge. Yeah. And when we played, it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Like, I was taking out is this? three or four on every, on every turn. Just, like every it movement. was unstoppable. And normally with a ball and chain, you're like, well, that's okay. Like, I'll take my, take my hits. And then he's gone. But this thing is just huge. It back. stays in there. Uh, just absolute steamroller. I, would, I am absolutely dying to see what that does against a regular team. Yeah. And that's it. If you, um, but the problem is as well, with, um, with stronger teams... Is that they're more likely to be able to give you a, a bash back and take him out quickly. Fair enough. Strength 7, I don't know, man. I think Strength 7 is still huge. It is. Against a dwarf team, that would be amazing fun. That would be great fun. What are you up to soon, James? <laughs> Just to try it out. So this is the thing for me that I can't quite fathom, is how he didn't cause absolute carnage against um, against Randall against Randall and his Chaos Dwarves. Why? Because Randall put two dwarves alongside him and blitzed with the Mino. Oh, clever boy. That's exactly how he did it, because he, he managed to set, he took out a couple of goblins yeah. on either side, because I had, because he, he, I received, no, yeah. he received, so, so I had to set up first. First swing. So I put the chomper and stomper just behind the line, because yeah. obviously I didn't want to risk him, and all he did was take out two goblins, yeah. made a pathway, moved two dwarves in, and then blitzed with the miner. Took him clean out. Genius. I didn't even get to use him, and he killed him. That is fantastic, and that is a huge amount of your team. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it all went very downhill oh, very right. quickly that's, from there. That is excellent. But Good job. Very proud of him. Yeah, absolutely. because he worked out exactly who the threat was and got rid of it straight away. So the cool thing about this player is there are there are no other players like him. None at all. Blood Bowl. Um, it is. It, you look at it and you're like, this is unfair. Um, <laughs> it uh, is like, uh, yeah, but like you said, he can be easily countered say easily he can be simply counted yeah. it might not be easy to pull off and against some teams it will be unstoppable but a huge huge effect and it, you know those those guys complimented our teams I had enough squeaks I would, I would have, after our first game I was looking desperately for ways <laughs> to fit him into my team I just couldn't because the squeaks themselves are massive so that's why I was like okay you know what 125k for strength 3 which is really good. good with kick 
that's really good as well. Could do good stuff like diving tackle would be useful as well. I never used it, but you know, I used his strength three. Yeah, really good. So yeah. those are just two of like 20 players in the Stunty League book that are very different. And there's even a Doom Diver in there, which is quite exciting. There is, and they're so well thought out. Yeah. They really are. They I mean, all I, play I, roles. Yeah. I almost took Gong the Giant Gorilla. He's yeah. basically an ogre. And there's a couple of giants in there. Uh, Joe, the guy I played, who also had the Squeak team, instead of taking um, Lorbas, he took Mad Gark the Tamer, which is mm. uh, just a goblin with loner, dodge, leader, pro, right stuff, stunty and wrestle, uh, which actually would have worked out great for him. But in the end, I think an extra two goblins would have done better. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this now, because obviously I've got a bit of a, a soft spot for the Chaos Halflings, even yeah. though I've never used them. They've got a star player which has dodge, multiple block, right stuff, and stab. That's weird. There's no secret weapon on it. Who's that? Um, Mince Meat Mad Butcher. No, no, dodge. 80k, multiple block, and stab. Well, we spoke, we, spoke we, we spoke about multiple block working with stab, and in a stunty environment. Can you imagine putting him on the line against any other stunty team with armor 6? That's like Is gone. It, don't, gone. don't. Absolutely brilliant. 80k and no secret weapon. Yeah. It's just, we need to do more stunty. Um, so everyone out there, really recommend just download the Stunty Leader Handbook and have a good have a good read because it's a lot of a lot of fun, and um, hopefully it'll inspire you to create a fantastic team for our competition. And as ever, you can enter as many teams as you like. Yeah. And we're just going to argue about our favourite one live on air. Okay, everybody, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, remember our competition, and as ever, just give us a shout if there's anything we've missed or anything you want to talk about. Thank you very much. See you next time. As always, two heads aren't always better than one. <laughs>